So I was like, yo, and then it went out. And I just texted you. It's like, all right, good show. <laughs> yeah, I see you, you back. Thanks. I'll talk so, to you tomorrow. That was, that was a good show. We did good. It was good. That was God's work we did right there. Well, I think we're okay now. I'm just getting everything set up. But while I do that, I can say to everybody else, hey, everybody, welcome to Chaos the Final Frontier. I'm your host, Jonathan Gilchrist. And that guy over there is Mr. Artie Vice. I like cashews. And uh, oh, by the way, our, our non-episode just finished processing, so we'll put that up just as soon as it's ready for the people. Oh, yeah. Right away. But um, yeah, today we're going to be watching season two, episode six. I believe it. I'm I'm going to get this right. It's Melora. Yep. I, I'm really not good with these names unless I hear them said, which is makes it a problem when we watch them in subtitles. But, I don't even watch Star Trek. But... um. Yeah, um, I did some math today, and this is a pretty big anniversary. We are five months away from finishing season two of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Well. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just had to say that. All right, so yeah, I think I've got everything all set. Are you ready to go? I am ready to go. All right, we're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. Or in the line. There we go. All right. So we're starting you off with dirty Netflix with you're not putting subtitles on. There. Oh, we're good. All right. Oh, uh, before we're getting too much into this, I forgot to tell you, I got a new TV. Cool. Yep. So um, now I have one of them, one of them, old, one of them old dang old star, smart daughter TV dang down right there. Oh, they're pretty fun. I've enjoyed my yeah, TVs not getting back to zero very much, but they're, I like them. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten too, too much into it yet just because I have the Xbox that has everything on it. But Yeah. Well, but you know my problems with my Xbox. Uh, I've got such a better picture, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, I know. It definitely does. And I'm not somebody that's like a snob like that, but I've really noticed the difference in picture quality since I got this TV. Yeah. No, it's pretty, it's pretty substantial compared to the thing I was using. Yeah, makes sense. Since if you bought the one that you had the same time I bought the one that I had, or yeah, we might even switch at some point. <laughs> it's like a decade old, so. Yeah, definitely time for an upgrade. Yep. All right, so just just to give everybody basics of what's going on, there's a new person coming to the station who needs a wheelchair because she, I think I said this last week, she grew, uh, she's from a light gravity planet. So basically it's like if we went to Mars or something, or not Mars, like Jupiter or something, like just it's very hard for her to move around on uh, what we would consider normal gravity. I heard it might as well be on Uranus. (laughs) No, no. You, You know this from Futurama. They changed the name of Uranus. To stop that joke. It's now called your rectum. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
I forgot about that. Sorry, I just saw that episode the other day, so I had to throw that in there. Uh, so, I mean, I found some really cool stuff about this episode. I'm going to try and like space it out, but I think I'll start here. This idea, this this character, not not her specifically, because I think they wrote her a little differently um, for the one episode, but the idea of a, a character that was from a planet of light gravity that needed like you know braces and a wheelchair um, was originally going to be their science officer instead of Jadzia. Like that was the idea for the show, and it just that it was um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into making that work that it was too complicated, so they didn't make the character, you know, permanent, but they kept it in mind for an episode. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I had no idea if they had thought about that. Pow, 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 are we Um... Bashir actually mentions this, but it, I just realized how funny it is to me. The reason the wheelchair is not all high-tech, besides the fact that it'd be really hard to make a high-tech wheelchair, is because disease is so eliminated in the 24th century that he had to go look back into old, old um, computer files to get this for a wheelchair because they just don't need them anymore. <laughs> Are you going to do the theme song? Pretty bad that I'm requesting it at this point. (laughs) Um, Oh, before I get into what I wanted to talk about during the credits, just so everybody knows, this episode aired on October 31st, 1993. So, spooky wow. Halloween episode. The more you know. Yep. I want, but I want to talk about specifically in the credits something that I found out this week that made me pretty excited because it answered a question I had for a few months now. Yeah. Um, I, There might be other Trek nerds that know this, but I found out why that show Babylon 5 and Star Trek Deep Space Nine are so similar. Probably because um, they have the same similar. They probably have people that were writing on one, writing on the other. Kind of the so there's two reasons that have been given. The first reason is the more Hollywood traditional sleazy reason, which is um, somebody came up with the idea for Babylon Five, pitched it to uh, Paramount, they passed on it, um, but then that show got picked up by Warner Brothers, and when they decided Paramount decided to do Deep Space Nine, they basically just stole all the ideas they liked, is yeah, one of the right, reasons. Yeah, yeah that, that's very old Hollywood. There's a more intricate reason that um, has been put out online recently, though, where Paramount and, and Warner Brothers were going to start their own network. They were going to collaborate. And so they came up with um, Deep Space Nine. Well, they came up with Babylon 5 as part of that project, and then the network fell through, so Warner Brothers... Greenlit Babylon Five and Paramount did Deep Space Nine. Yeah. That's why they're similar. I think the first one sounds more like you know just the yeah. stuff that always happens in Hollywood. So, yeah, yeah I just 
I was very excited when I heard that. I was like, oh, good. I've been, that has been bugging me because they're just so goddamn similar. <laughs> so take your pick which one you think sounds the best. Oh, Cork, you do drive a hard bargain. Yeah. With your green apple Gatorade. <laughs> Not what it looks like. Uh oh. Oh hell. It's an old friend. Oh. And I'm sure by Cork's reaction to him, there's nothing horrible in their history. Oh, yeah. I bet not. Oh, there's some... I really hope that this was all Gatorade. I don't even know if they had the flavors back then, but it's the most convenient beverage on earth to make alien drinks. Oh, that's not good. Oh, wow. At least you let him know. Yeah, I mean... I think this episode really... Um, it, it highlights several things, obviously, but one of the my favorite parts about it is that it shows you the difference in like um, philosophy between Cardassians and the Federation just based on their architecture. Because you'd have no doubt that she'd have no trouble getting around a Federation ship in, yeah. in that chair. But a Cardassian ship's got stairs and shit everywhere. Because <laughs> they just don't care. If you ask them, it's probably because they would say, oh, that just never happens in our society. No one ever needs a wheelchair because we're perfect. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode, um, for you know obvious reasons to you, um, <laughs> uh, gets me. Which I'm not sure how much I'm going to talk about that, but I think. Let's just say I understand this character better than a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just had to. Yeah. Damn, she really just doesn't get it. What? 
Like, she just doesn't... Not, like, I completely... I understand why. But, mm-hmm. like... She's just not listening. At all. No. I mean... Yeah, no. And that's part of the... It's part of the whole motif of the episode, obviously, as we go along here. But yeah, at the same time, it's a weird episode in that, like, I completely understand the way that you write this episode and the the legitimate feelings of a character like her, but it feels very out of place on a in a Starfleet setting, because like Starfleet's all about inclusiveness. Like, you know, what I mean, they they are never the ones that are trying. Like Cisco said, no one's trying to treat you as a problem or treat you as ill. It's just it's weird to hear somebody um, sort of say Starfleet's doing that. It's like, no, nah, that's not their style, really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, um, I found this very interesting. I would love to have seen the other version. When this was originally written, it was kind of written in the opposite way that you see here, because this is very much a um, um, like stereotypical way to write a story about someone with a, a handicap, basically. The way it was going to be written by the guy that originally like put up together the script was that she doesn't need, she really doesn't need anyone's help. It's not that it's not like a, her not listening. It's like the the servos and everything work perfectly, but everybody else is bending over backwards to try and help her, even though it's not necessary. Which would have been, I think, a very just an interesting way to, you know, approach it. But I don't know if there's a, a compelling way to write that that would work. Well, Bashir never says no to a pair of tits and ass. <laughs> he sure doesn't. Like, and I'm not wrong there. Not one bit. Nope. <laughs> not one bit. Argue <laughs> against it all you want, but he really doesn't. I mean, this is one of like this is the start of it. This is one of his more charming episodes. He does really get her out of her shell. Ooh, clean on restaurant. You know what that means? Do you know what that fighting. means? Okay. It means fighting. Fighting and raw meat, I'm assuming. Eh, well, yes, to the raw meat. Not so much the fighting. I mean, I'm sure there could fighting, be fighting. Battles, fighting, raw meat. <laughs> I, I always forget that you're not as much of a nerd. You have no idea what kind of food you're about to see them eat. It's hilarious. I will tell you that no utensils are used when eating Klingon food. No, no. I think it's what, like, he's got to be hiding something. Who? Quark? Yeah. Like, there's a reason 
there's there's got to be a reason he's not telling any like Odo or like anyone about what's going on. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's, it's really simple. It's just that this um, because it was illegal illegally. They're like criminal pals, so he can't go tell Odo about it because then he's saying, "Oh, I did all this illegal shit and left this guy in jail." So he's just yeah, trying to bribe him as best as he can. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. I just what was yeah. Yeah, because no, Quark's not the kind of guy that wouldn't just immediately go to Odo if he could, but it, it was just implicating him into too much shit if he tried. Yeah. Oh, 90s underboob. <laughs> oh. I'm just saying, I feel like it's unnecessary. I feel like underboob is never unnecessary, and you should take that back, sir. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Gog Tekor. Gog. And that's what I meant by no utensils, by the way. Hey. I don't... Like, the Gok is just earthworms. But I don't know what the other stuff is, is actually. Like... <laughs> the health code violations in this restaurant. Yeah, nothing worse than half dead rock. Yeah, pretty much. Clean on food, you basically have to kill on your plate. That's the whole idea. <laughs> Ew, he ate it. Bashir, no. He ate a worm. Oh, here's the story. No. That's not a really good first date conversation. Seriously, what is wrong with him? No wonder he doesn't get any. Uh, I mean, like, maybe she asked what made you think? Maybe. <laughs> what made you want to be a doctor? But I feel like I don't know if I'd want to tell that story if that's the reason. <laughs> Wait, why did he... Did he just... Ref, did he just suggest that, oh, man... If I was just a professional medical person at the age of 10, I could have saved her. Sort of, yeah. Oh, God. What a douche. He is a douche, but he's a lovable douche. <laughs> he means well. He's just, you know, very arrogant. This friendship relationship is going to get ruined. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. I won't give it away. He kills her. Yeah, he kills her. No, he doesn't kill her. Yeah, he goes, this is for the sick girl. He shoots her in the head. <laughs> yeah, this is the episode where we learn that the reason nobody has a wheelchair in Starfleet is they just euthanize anybody that needs one. 
Yep. <laughs> That'd be such a dark episode. Not to mention it would be basically the end of Star Trek as I know it. This is where we find out Bashir's a serial killer. Also, I'm assuming she's at the... Um, she's probably already at the ship waiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's supposed to meet her there, yeah. No, it's different than what you think. No, uh, she's probably heading out early to leave without her or something. Like a douche. Don't you feel bad? Nope. Careful, her bones are literally like a bird's. Well, Cardassians are kind of douches when it comes to their architecture, as I was saying earlier. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> fair. I think you look more like a fish, really. No. Yeah. <laughs> Floppity flop like a fish. That's a good point. Like, there's like a couple, like maybe what a foot of metal between you and the vacuum of space that wants to kill you. I feel like you gotta depend on somebody. Look at Bashir. Like a gentleman. Just doing what he can, I guess. She's asking if you wanted to come in and gravity with her. Oh. Oh. I, I, I used quotes there. You weren't able to see them, but I used quotes and said gravity. It's exactly what you think, by the way, when you say use quotes. The right. Yeah. The writer even said that this, like, the, these two hooking up in zero gravity was, like, what was going through his head the entire time. It's like, that seems a little pervy, but okay. Exactly what's going to happen. It's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Factory Chocolate and the Charlie. Yeah. Oh no, the giant fan! (laughs) 
you know, this was before computers were really good. So this was all just wires and then being pulled up around this stage. I think that's really cool. This is all practical effects. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> oh, that's her brother. Oh. I'm getting some pretty good vibes here for Dr. Bashir. I don't like it. I don't trust him. You don't trust anybody on the show. That's fair. I really don't. Your cat doesn't either, so was that the pee? Yeah. <clears throat> She's going to now be late for her mission. Like, ugh. You keep trying to add drama that's not there with and going past the drama that is. <laughs> oh, I'm well aware of all of the dramas. You're just waiting for somebody to spill that tea. Anybody, anybody that's wondering what the Vulcan music sounds like, the description was quiet, uh, plucked music playing. I'm assuming it's beep, 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 are you, beep. And that's the first act. Are you sure you've never seen this episode? Because that was dead on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Ooh. His bedside manner. You know what she means. I actually I don't know what she means. What, what does she mean? I don't know. I do love that idea of a story that Dax just said of two species that didn't breathe the same air. But for 40 minutes a day, they can make it work. You know what? I don't, I have a good feeling about this. I'm sure we're going to see her many, many more times. And in no way is Bashir going to, as the series go on, become basically a Starfleet fuckboy. No way. No. Probably not. Never. I doubt it. Oh, look. He did good. Oh, he finally went to Odo. Look at that. Yep.
Yeah. Like Cork would ever sell out a partner. Without your partner. I don't like when you're insinuating, Odo. <laughs> that probably makes Odo so happy. <laughs> Excuse me. We need to get a burp button. <laughs> Odo's legit one of the like low-key funniest characters in all of Star Trek. I think it just confirms Odo wants Quark dead. I think everybody kind of knows that. Yeah. Everybody kind of wants their best friend dead. Hey! hey. It's his girl. Uh, this is one of those things, that it's just a running theme in Star Trek, is that, like, no matter what the problem is medically, give them a half hour and they're going to find the cure for it. I mean, they tried. To... I bet it doesn't work, and he she loses faith in him, and she says, "F you, Basher." <laughs> she purposefully mispronounces his name just to hurt his feelings. Yep, on purpose, purposely. Oh, some people just know how to go to the heart of the others. Yep. F you, Bayshore. If you Polly Shore, oh, that's devastating. <laughs> that would have been a very um, on time joke back in 1993. Everybody would have been talking about Polly Shore at the time. That's a fair point. Boom, got him. If this was still a Kardashian station, I could. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I mean. Damn Federation. <laughs> I mean, that's a friend. Yeah. Something to remember him by, you know? 
Sorry, we just watched that scene without talking about it. Odo just said to Quark that if the guy actually does succeed in killing him, he'll buy a piece of his body as the Ferengi sell off their corpses after they die. Just for anybody that's not watching long and wants to know why that was funny to us. This is where he kills her. Why are you going to be so negative? I just, I don't know. I think this is what happens. I think this is when it happens. Get on it, though, Brian. For the love of God, why? We'll give you 10 minutes. I feel like that reaction wasn't warranted from them just standing in the turbo lift together. Yeah, right? See? It's not, I'm telling you, man, Star Trek never works out. <laughs> no, Deep Space Nine never works out. Exactly. Star Trek's actually supposed to be very optimistic. It's just, this is the darker of Star Trek. See, she doesn't get. I see what's happening here. She's gonna end up not wanting it because it's ruining what she's like doing or whatever. Like ruins her normal stuff. Very eloquently put. Yes, that's the basic idea. Is that if she she has to make a decision. She can either live in normal gravity, or she can like live in you know half gravity. But if she decides to live in normal gravity, she can't go back to her home world. Is what it's gonna end up being. Exactly. Yep, that's what I figured. That's what I figured it's going to be like. Oh, Cork. And now Cork's dead. How do you walk into a room that has lights that are controlled by your voice and when you don't turn on, you don't immediately leave when you've got someone on the station that wants to kill you? Come on. Yeah, how are you not, how do you not leave your room immediately? Like, not even walk in completely. I don't know. I feel like the Quark is a horrible criminal, as we know, because he doesn't ever make any kind of real money, and clearly yeah. he should be dead about 500 times over. Still don't know how much it is, but I'm guessing it's enough to keep him alive. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
Somebody's throwing stuff above my head. Am I the only one, by the way, that if like I knew the ability to turn off and on the gravity was there, I would just sleep in low gravity just for the sake of not having to like lay on anything? Like, yeah. Like not even if it was my species, just I would do it as myself because I feel like that would be very relaxing. <laughs> So it's got a few days to decide. Yeah. Like, that would be a really hard decision. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, though, I mean, she does get a chance to test it out. You know what I mean? Right. So she's able to, like, she gets an idea of it. Yeah. I guess it would really depend on what your future plans are. Because, like, if you have any plans of yeah. wanting to go home, can't you don't want to do it. Yeah, exactly. But if she's like, if she's working the whole time on these, like, uh, as like, on all these different ships, then she's not really going home anyways, right? right. Yeah. No, she's basically from what you what they've said so far. She's only an ensign, so she's just at the beginning of her career. But it sounds like she's going to be oh, okay. going from ship to ship doing what I guess what she's known for is uh, charting. Um, yeah. Space, basically. Like this, I understand why they did this because Dax and her formed a relationship, and but it's kind of weird that Dax the alien is talking about Earth uh, fable. Yeah, I mean she's old enough; she's like three hundred years old, so it makes sense that she would know a bunch of stuff. But it just seems weird. Yeah. Exquisite. There we go. Didn't see that coming. That guy seems so chill. Oh, man. I didn't care that he killed him, but I didn't get to hear what rule of acquisition number 16 is. Right? I have, I have a feeling that there's no way this is going to interact with our main storyline in any way. <laughs> I'm sure they're far away. They're on the other side of the station. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. Who could have foreseen this? Right. 
such a big station. You feel like people wouldn't run into each other like that. I, don't, I can't remember the reason, but I, I guess when they first um, like wrote this scene, this was originally supposed to take place in a cargo bay, and for some reason they moved to a runabout. Hmm. I think maybe my I, I honestly can't remember if they gave a reason, but my guess would be just the runabout makes it more exciting. See, Julian didn't do anything to her. Wait, did he just straight up kill her? Or was that just a paralyze? Um, I feel like that was just a stun, right? I don't think it was supposed to be a stun. It was supposed to kill her, but it didn't actually work out that way. Not to give away the paper. Right. In like a minute, you're going to see the whole No, thing. I have an idea. I have an idea. Yeah. Uh, if we were early, like if it was like 15 minutes before we got to that part of the episode, I'd be worried about it. But no, it, it didn't kill her, but it was supposed to. Woo, wormhole. Woo. I forgot, like, until rewatching this with you, it just never occurred to me. They don't go to the Gamma Quadrant that often. Like, a lot of stuff does not happen on yeah. that side of the wormhole for the first two seasons, basically. She's alive. No, you can't. I mean, you can. It requires a lot of technology. And stop breaking Star Trek, Julian. God. Yeah, what a jerk. That's actually, just to nerd out for, like, Trek nerd out for a minute, teleporting warp is always kind of a tricky thing in Star Trek. It's technically not supposed to be possible most of the time. But in the new Star Trek movie, like in 2009, they make Scotty do it 100 years before this, like it's nothing. I'm like, no, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> he did not come up with it. no just bugged me. It was one of those Trek moments where I nerded out about them changing something in the fake universe that's not real. Sorry. I um I laughed because obviously they had to spend the money for the whole combat yeah. thing you just saw. So Cork getting low gravity was literally him just slowly standing up. Like <laughs> <laughs> I 
guilty. If she went through with the treatment, she could never have done that again. Yep. Hi, hi, Commander. We're setting course for the wormhole. I mean, your ability with accents is one of the things that amazes us most about you. Oh, honestly, I forgot about that part. Hey. <laughs> yeah, she she changed her mind. But I forgot that the reason she didn't die wasn't because of the... I thought it was because of the apparatus. It's actually because of the treatment somehow helped her. Scruffy, would you like to say hello to the people on the podcast? Scruffy, I miss you. Oh, Scruffy. Um, Scruffington. Scruffington, I miss you. Oh. Uh, I just love when a Shih Tzu walks by. <laughs> so, clearly these two are going to be together for years to come. Yeah, totally. And in no way is this the last time we'll ever see her or anyone will ever talk about her. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Say what you want. I would definitely go and be serenaded by a Klingon. <laughs> this is goodbye, Julian. Yeah, I mean, that would be one way to end the episode. Pretty sure that's not what's about to happen. Oh, look, yep. it's just a sweet ending. <laughs> and she shoots okay. him. <laughs> Last thing we hear is we no. fade out as a phaser shot. Yep. Pew! So there you go. There's that episode. What did you think? Well, gotta love romance. Well, <laughs> I mean, the episode. It was interesting. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it was interesting, yeah. though. I mean, the romance is what it is, you know. It, it, every once in a while, they'll throw that in there. But I think it really is a really cool way to talk about, you know, disabilities and stuff on, an episode, on a show that that's pretty much never an issue because of all their medical technology. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, I don't know. I really like that episode. It, it definitely, you know, has a bunch of different meanings for me. But, uh, you know, overall, a pretty good episode. Not really something to complain about. Um, no, I'd say overall it's pretty solid. All right, well, let's see what's on tap for next week. Next week's going to be more Quark, <laughs> just because the episode title's called Rules of Acquisition. Um, uh, I'd probably have nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with Quark. This one actually, yeah, no, 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 has actually this episode, just because I mentioned it, is actually the first time we, I think, we meet a species from the Gamma Quadrant, like a full-blown oh, yeah? society. Yeah, Quark is part of it and a whole bunch of stuff. But yeah, we're going to actually see a species from the Gamma Quadrant. And it's going to, I think, um, 
I'm like 99% sure that it, it mentions in passing the big bad like antagonist of the entire series for the first time in this episode. Oh, yeah. interesting. Like we're okay. still ways away from them being fully introduced in any way, but I think this is the first time they're going to be mentioned is like a kind of a shadow organization. Like, oh, okay, there they are. So, yeah, look forward to that. Um, cool. So we haven't decided what we're going to do on Wednesday yet. Um, so it'll be well, a surprise to everybody. But uh, please join us for that. I'm sure whatever we end up doing, it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're coming up on like not well, we're not quite there, but we're we're getting pretty far into it. I just realized the other day how many episodes we have like in back catalog and I just started throwing up like links to older episodes because it's like these probably don't get looked at very often because they're in the middle of the whole episode, you know. Yeah. So yeah, check out our back catalog, everything's there and we'll continue to be there. Um, follow us on Twitter at Chaos Pod Show. Follow me at Last Gilchrist One. And um, thanks to Eric Bowman for our theme song. I think that's about it for tonight. We will uh, see you Wednesday. Uh, again, have no idea what we're going to do. I don't really want to guess because it might be something completely different. So let's all just. Yeah, <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> let's all find out together. Have a Woo. good night, everybody. Yeah, bibbity bobbity boop in the poop shoot.